Hey, let's pray together. Dear Lord, we sing, we believe. Believing different than knowing. Believing is a heart thing. And I pray for hearts today that they would believe that you are at work in their lives. You're at work in this church right now. You're at work in, in relationships that need to be healed. You're at work in our world when we see craziness. And that we believe. And we have this belief that gives life. And it's in Jesus. It's in you, Jesus. Lord, as it, uh, as it rains, we're thankful for the rain. I pray that you, you flood over our hearts uh, to change our hearts, to change our lives. That we see our need for you. Uh, we, we wake up to what you have done for us in your life, in your death, in your resurrection, and that, that you are, and, and only you are, uh, life, Jesus. Thank you that you give it. Thank you that it's there for us to receive. May we receive it. May we believe. In your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat, and you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Uh, in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, it's after Psalms and Proverbs. As you're getting there, uh, I want to share a couple things uh, with you all today. I want to share about uh, what I did uh, in the last week. Like what I did, uh, not necessarily uh, at church or with pastor hat on. So I'm going to rewind a bit. Uh, Monday, I'll start Monday night, uh, and I found out Monday night that uh, the new Star Wars trailer uh, was going to be at halftime at Monday Night Football, okay? And, uh, man, you know, I was there, and I was locked in, and I probably watched it 30 times since, okay? Um, Just saying. Let me move on. No amens at that, okay? But anyway, uh, amen, okay. Now then, Tuesday night, uh, I watched uh, this week's episode of Homeland. I'm a big Homeland fan. Not looking for an amen there, but just being honest, being real, that's what I did. Wednesday night, after uh, church, uh, came in, I've been reading this book, uh, it is about, uh, it's by a guy named Daniel Silva, I like his books, uh, they're good. He writes spy stories about a spy from uh, Israel, and uh, he's also an assassin, it's all like cloak and dagger stuff, spy stuff. That's Wednesday night, okay? Thursday night... Keep going. We had uh, we got a great group. Some of them are here. We hung out Thursday night uh, at the Manship. Give that a plug. Our Thursday night group. Amen, guys. Amen, Amy. Amen, Amy. Amen. There we go. So had a great group. Had a fun time. Uh, Friday night uh, was my anniversary. I mean, Amen. I mean, like, yeah, you don't have to clap, but it would be nice. Anyway, that's um, you know, and uh, she's not here today. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and so we had a great time. Had a great dinner. Uh, so moving to yesterday, uh, watched a little bit of football on and off, uh, went to a funeral visitation, uh, and then went to a, a church function last night, and on the way down there, listened to the game, uh, the Ole Miss game, uh, coming back, listened to the game, uh, stayed up checking some scores. They're like, why are you saying all this, okay? I mean, is this church? Yes, it's church. Uh, I'm sharing uh, my life, which can be very indicative 
to all of our lives. You know what uh, indicative means? It means like revealing of what we do and how we live, okay? Because see, there's this deal in us, in all of us, me too, that wants to consistently uh, be entertained uh, and have some fun. Uh, it's why we're, we're captivated uh, by some stories uh, and entertain, and we also want to feel connected. Like there's this, there's this connection that happens uh, in stories, even movies. I mean, you, you make connections with your life. Uh, you relate. You make connections with others. It's a shared experience. Also in sports. And there's this desire. Like we want to constantly, um, what do you call it, have fun or be entertained or be captivated. And we want it over and over, just like me this week, and over again. Uh, so it's almost like a drug. You know, if you're a reader, going to a, a book. If you like movies, going to another movie. Uh, sports, I mean, what, you know, I don't need to say anything about that. Okay? It is constant and consistent. I talked last week that uh, all of us, all of us, me too, are in the process of searching and yearning and going after those three F words, okay? Those three F words I used last week, and we'll use again, okay? Fun, fortune, family. And it is so, like, just who we want to be. One, just have fun, you know? Some of us are like, man, I want my life, I want to be the fun guy or girl, I want to have fun, be the life of the party, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, others, it's all about career, you know, fortune tied to fortunate, and I want to have a fortunate life, and... You know, I want to do well, and I want to prosper. And then the other one, and I said this, you know, y'all could debate this, but I think it's very, very real. I think it's the biggest idol in our culture is the family, my tribe, my clan. Look, guilty of it. I'm, I'm already planning Jack Tate's life. He doesn't even know it, you know. We all do. And often those three are tied together. Well, I want to look like I have fun, and I want to have fun, and then I want to have the fortune, I want to have the nice family, and... It just become, it, it's our M.O. It's our deal. I mean, look, let me just like preach it. I mean, it, it is over and above Jesus over and over again. Like for real. Maybe not on all of you, but definitely for a lot of us. And it has been in my life. Now, I say that because we are all pursuing happiness. We're all in this pursuit of happiness. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Happiness is so fragile, uh, when you get it, you're going to break it. I know, because I have. Joy is different from happiness. Joy is something that consistently undergirds you and supports you in the good times, in the happy times, and the bad times. But it's very, very different from happiness. And we're just in this rat race, or hamsters on a wheel, just pursuing happiness in those endeavors of fun and fortune and family, and there's still a void. I mean, there is still a void. Now you're like, man, why are you hitting on this again? You know, or why are you saying this? Because what we're reading in the Bible is about this guy, this man, who had it all. I mean, you talk about fun, you talk about fortune, you talk about the best family, descendant of King David, son of David, you know, had it all. And something is still lacking. There is still this big void in his life, in his heart. He is still 
pursuing, even when he has what the world would say is, you got it. You got it all. So I want us to look at this today and, and really, hopefully, be honest about our pursuits. And also be honest about what are we as a church pursuing? Are, are we as a church just pursuing kind of uh, some version of that, oh, like we have you know, fun in our family time, and, you know, we're doing well, you know, we're able to renovate this, this place, this building, and we got good family. I mean, is that, is that the MO? Or is it like being a light for Christ on this corner to this city, to the world, that there are people in need of joy and not just feeling happy kind of over and over again? Anyway, enough of me. Let's look at God's Word. Ecclesiastes, we're in this We call it worship, wisdom, wisdom, worship. We were in the Psalms for six weeks. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes for six weeks. I love Ecclesiastes. I mean, it speaks so much to our human condition, our search, our pursuit of happiness. It is, you may be like, man, Ecclesiastes, I don't know, won't you hit Luke or maybe John or, you know, Psalm, but this is good stuff, okay? We're going to be, we're going to camp out in Ecclesiastes to probably read the whole chapter. Bear with me. There is... In this chapter, the king is pursuing three things that he thinks he'll be happy. One is pleasure. Uh, One is wisdom, earthly wisdom. The other is work, career. So we start Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1. He says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body uh, with wine. Been there, done that, okay? Not any time recently, but been there, done that. And this is interesting. My heart still guiding me with wisdom. I I don't, I mean, it's, it's God's word, but, you know, my heart still guiding me with wisdom as he was cheering his body with wine. It's just interesting verse, just highlighting, okay? And how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. He had, you know, you talk about dozens of second homes. He had them. I made myself gardens and parks. Beautiful. I mean, I love nature. I planted them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools. From which to water the forests of growing trees. He was around, I love water. He was around water all the time. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines. Concubines would be, um, for him, uh, ladies that he would have sex with a lot, okay, at his disposal. The delight, oh, by the way, Solomon, I think he had like thousands. I mean, he was pleasure-seeking, and he was pleasure-getting. The delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept from heart, my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. This was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all my hands had done, the toil I expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. So it wasn't like Solomon was having hang after, hangover after hangover. It was like he, he was getting it and he was living well. 
And he was like, man, it's, what's the point? What is the point? i uh, tell you a story uh, that, to me, connects with this. A couple years ago, uh, I was in New York City. Uh, not that I go to New York City a lot. Um, I actually had a class there, uh, which is fun. You know, pastor gets a week in New York City. You know, what's a pastor going to do in New York City? And so trying to figure that out, had class all day. My wife, uh, she had a lot of friends uh, that were her friends uh, before she was a Christian, uh, and those relationships changed. But uh, a lot of those friends are still in New York, and she maintains contact with them, and, and many of them are, are not uh, Christians uh, still. And she's like, you know, you got to go visit, and I'm going to just name his name, I don't think he'll be listening to this podcast. But anyway, you got to go visit Jerry. Uh, Jerry was a great guy and good friend of my wife's. He's a DJ at a, uh, at a, at a club, bar, uh, down in, you know, some, some cool hip area. I mean, I'm trying to pretend I'm cool, a lot cooler enough than I am, and I am not. But some area in New York, I mean, I don't think it was the village or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, somewhere uh, in New York, and it was like, uh, you know, one of the new uh, places that beautiful people hang out. And so, it's like, you got to go see Jerry's DJing. You know, he'll get you in and everything. So, it's like, man, yeah, you know, pastor in New York, what's, what's a guy going to do? So, you know, I rolled down to wherever that was uh, in Manhattan. And, you know, I get there early at like 11 p.m. So, it's not, uh, I mean, seriously, like, he was like, you know, man, you know, not everybody's here yet. So we talk. He's the DJ. And it's not like some club, like, thump, thump, thump. You know, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a posh, you know, place. I use posh. I don't know if you get that. But, you know, it's nice. Uh, it's not like disco-y or, you know, there are obviously places like that. So I'm in there, and we talk. And, you know, folks trickle in. And he's like, he wants me to meet his girlfriend. Um, and his girlfriend... Uh, I met her, my wife's not here today, but I would say that with her here. She's a very striking uh, young lady, uh, tall, blonde, I think of Scandinavian descent, uh, but from Minnesota, giving you all the details. So he, he basically says, you know, I'm working, and so I hang out with her. And, and so we're hanging, and she got this great job in Manhattan, uh, very, very striking, don't say that. I mean, she was. Very, I mean, like, you know, and she's there, and it's like the cool place to hang out. And in the midst of our conversation, and we're standing, she starts crying, okay? Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens with us pastors. You know, you're just in conversation. <laughs> people get emotional, um, pour their heart out. But I do think, uh, you know, she starts talking, and, um, you know, she, like, she was probably trying to make her boyfriend jealous. You know, I mean, I, I was, you know, I mean, seriously, like, you know, they're married now. They're married now. I don't think she's really trying to do that. But anyway, just giving you the, the lowdown. Here's my point in all this. This was like pretty people, everything good. And she says to me, I'll never forget this. You know all this? She does her finger like this. Like, this is not real. She says, this is not real. And, and she was, she had some emotions with her. You know, now they got married, praise God. And, but she's like, you know, Everybody thinks, you know, got all this, and it's not real. And I remember my heart, you know, really like hurting for, for that scene or that. And you have it, you know, even in, I mean, it's, Jack's not New York, but you got it. You got it. The pleasure seekers, every weekend, maybe every day, I fall into that. Pleasure seekers. Let's move on. We are going to look at the answer, but let's move on. There is wisdom, living wisely. Solomon, 
He says, okay, so it's not pleasure. And some folks say, okay, so it's not that scene, so it is uh, something else. And he pursues wisdom. Look, he says, I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. Then I saw there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, and there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but a fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceive that the same event happens to all them. And I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For of the wise as of the fool there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise dies like the fool. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me. All is vanity, striving after the wind. Let me tell you what's going on right here. He basically says, like, well, life is like really just being good and, and being a wise person. And, and being wise like, you know, no offense meant, but like the wisdom of Oprah and Dr. Phil. And like, you know, good news that they would share and others like them from generations past. You know, just be a good person. But then he says, that's crazy too. Because we all die. Whether you're wise and good, or whether you're just crazy and indulgent and fun, pleasure, we die. You know C.S. Lewis, I'm not going to put this quote up. You know, we'll quote C.S. Lewis here every now and then. We'll throw his quotes. He has a quote, I'm going to use it again. He had a quote before he became a Christian. He said, I curse God. That's C.S. Lewis. I curse God. Because all of us meet death. When he was an atheist. And he was an atheist. He did not believe in God. And then he became a Christian. That's C.S. Lewis' quote. I curse God. Tell you another story. Uh, a guy I knew. It was an honor to know him. I'm not going to name his name. Uh, very successful uh, I learned a lot under him uh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, he worked and served for presidents. That's not presidents of boards or companies. That's like presidents of this nation. And uh, it was an honor. And he taught a lot about this wisdom uh, in living a wise life and a good life um, and, and doing good. And to this day, uh, if he, uh, I don't know, uh, where his eternal life, I'll say that, uh, will, will be. I really don't. Uh, we talked a bit about faith. Um, don't know what's in his heart, but I know what he taught, and he taught some great lessons. Uh, but Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life um, was, was not in his mindset, which is interesting. Very successful very wise, and I'm not sure. So wisdom, earthly wisdom, we still die. So then the last thing he looks at is work, career, making a life out of your career. And Solomon writes, said, verse 18, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. All that we do. We can't take it with us. And who knows whether this person will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I told and used my wisdom under the sun. This is vanity. 
So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair. And I'm going to skip down, verse 23. It says, all his days, these are us who work, are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night, his heart does not rest. Anybody stay up late, can't sleep because of work, because of that next meeting, because of that uh, relationship uh, in the organization, you know, that you're just, man, can it ever get right? I mean, anybody just lose sleep over work? This is Solomon. He's saying, man, I'm working, I'm working hard, and I can't take it with me, and who knows who it'll be given to. I was reading a commentary on this passage, and it started listing person after person who were famous and who did like great things in their life, and they all said, what's the point? One was uh, this dude named Leo Tolstoy. Can't get it right. I mean, not that all of y'all read Tolstoy a lot. He wrote War and Peace. But he had this quote saying, this has driven me to suicide nearly, that all of this great work that I've done, what will come of it? And, you know, he's like the the recommended reading. He's what you're supposed to read. Uh, Woody Allen, for some of you movie buffs here, he said, I don't want to be remembered for my work. I just don't want to die. You know, somebody said, well, I want to be remembered for my work. He's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to live forever. Can't take it with you. And who knows who will receive it or inherit it? Who knows? So going back to what is, what is the point? And then starting to close in, you're like, answer that question, what is the point? Because there is an answer. There is a shift here in Solomon's writing. Verse 24, there's a, a big shift. He says, there's nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity, striving after the wind. There is a change. There is a shift. It's almost like he's beginning to wake up. That there is a God. He does bless. He does give good things. We can enjoy them and and even work for him in the time, in the gifts that he has given us. But it does take, and I've said this before and I will say it again and again, it takes a different worldview. It takes putting on a different set of glasses the way you see your life and the world. It takes what I call, we see in Colossians. This verse is going to be up on the screen. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3. Look at this. Paul writes, If you have been raised with Christ, and many of you have, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, I love this verse, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You have died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. You don't see everything. Others don't see everything about your life, but one day... All will be known, all will be seen. But there is this this great life, this wonderful life, this supernatural life that Jesus gives. Let me say a couple things for, for you, for us, but for us as individuals, okay? In living, in living with this wisdom, which is a different wisdom that the world would give or proclaim or preach. Hope you listen to this. 
you write it down, that's great. But listen, please listen to me. All of you, all of us, are deeply flawed, yet greatly endowed. We're all, we're, we are flawed, but we are given gifts to be used. You are endowed with gifts. Just like I told these kids, man, God made, there are no accents in Christianity. God made you perfect, but yet there, there are these flaws. And the biggest flaw for me that I see is this void that keeps me running back to the fun and the fortune and the family. And that's me. I'm not even talking about you. Okay? There's a, and it gets over and over and over again. So there's a flaw in us. Therefore, I think humility is the greatest virtue. I really do. I think humility is the, it's like, it's me sharing, like, you know, man, I'm, I'm jacked up a lot of the time. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I was talking to uh, Reverend Sheldon, and I saw communion done last night where, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to steal this. I mean, we, we steal stuff too, you know, up here. And he broke the bread, and he said, you know, you can't use this bread unless you break it. Just like God can't use you unless you're broken. Humility is the greatest virtue, which pride is the greatest vice. Pride is it's not lust, it's not greed, it's pride. pride. And so, man, I pray God melts your heart of pride because there are, there are so many in our church, in every church, whether it's 40 or 400 or 4,000, who have this pride who will not repent, who will not be transparent, who will not be broken because we are so concerned of that fun, fortune, and family that we want the world to see that we will wear our masks and our costumes 24-7, not just in church. And it's pride. It's, it's not just being, it's pride. Listen to this. We're only saved by grace. Think about that, even if you're not a Christian. I know there's some that are not Christians here. We have salvation in grace only, just in relationships. You know, that, that someone would give time, would give love, would give grace. We're only saved in life in every, in, by grace. By grace. That Jesus sees us, loves us, comes to us, and says, you're accepted. You're accepted. And I, I, I pray, I want, I beg, I want you to just know, you're accepted. We do not have to run on the hamster wheel. We do not have to pursue happiness when we have real joy in Him. You're accepted. And so then, what about, for me, for us, what about pursuing holiness rather than happiness? I'm a big what about pursuing holiness rather than happiness? And I'll be the first to say, I used to like kind of geek out on the holiness word. It's like, you know, holiness, you know, it's back in my, you know, do not want to be a pastor. Even like holiness, you know, pursuing holiness though. Like knowing God. Knowing God in the joys, knowing God in the questions. Holiness. And last thing I'm going to say, I mean, some some steps that we could do together. And I'll probably say them every Sunday until, I don't know, I don't know how long. Maybe the end of the year. This is real simple. How, how do you know God? How do you, how do you pursue? Like, great say, pursue holiness. How do you do that? You know, I mean, what, what do you want me to do? I mean, that's great. I mean, you can share the problem, but, you know, what, what's the, what do we do? What's the prescription? Four things. Four things I beg our church to pursue together. For the rest of this year. I beg. Members, if you're visiting, man, love for you to join in. Read the Bible daily. You're like, where do I start? John, good start. Luke, Jesus, good place to start. Read the Bible daily. Come to church. I, I, 
quoted that verse, Ephesians 3.10, because, man, any time and every time and all churches that gather, miracles are going down, and we're fighting against supernatural powers that want to wreck your life. Come to church together. Worship together as the family of Jesus. Be in a smaller group. We had one started meeting before church. That's an option. We got one Tuesday morning back here, men's group. We started a group just hanging out and talking and living life together Monday or Thursday night. Just be part of a smaller community. And then, and it's like, oh, here it is, the giving thing. Yes, give to raise more. You members know about this? This is our goal. We want to raise a million dollars. Half goes totally to missions. Because my goal, honestly, this, this church would one day really be 50-50. That 50% of everything is always going out. 50-50. And so you could just give to raise $5 a week, $10 a week. It goes to church plants. It goes to mission. It goes to missionaries. I mean, and also, giving is tied to our growth in Christ. And so, I need to say that. Four things. Pursue holiness. Last thing I'll say, closing up. It is like who we want to be. And we want to be real, and, and I've said this from day one at Bellwether, but often we get caught in the trappings of church. This is a blessing, but also of life. And I go back to the three Fs, the fun, the fortune, the family. And Jesus calls us to something different because he is renewing this world and he is using churches, Bellwether, to do so, and he's using you. So I would love, man, my dream would be like, what if doctors or businessmen or lawyers said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up this career and I want to be a pastor. Or I want to go plant a church like somewhere else, maybe in Italy or Emirates, United Arab Emirates. Or in, you know, what if that, wow, shocker, wow, gospel, wow, what the church should be about. That, that's, that's my heart as a pastor, my heart for this church, and I will preach it, proclaim it, each and every time I'm honored to stand here. And so, let the Holy Spirit convict you, like, Stop pursuing happiness. Pursue Jesus. And man, it is an adventure where he will lead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of the gospel, which is not just uh, simply an invitation, it is life. It is how we grow, it is how we live, it's how we forgive others, it's how we are able to be humble. And I pray your people would see this and want to say, you know, I am tired of running the race. I am tired of getting just slammed on this wheel. I'm going to get off, and I'm going to pursue you, Jesus. Help me do that more. Help our people that we can live the adventure that you have called us to that is great things for eternity. And I pray individual people would hear this and be convicted by it and change that it's not just a receiving. It is a moving. It is an implementation by your Spirit as they walk out into the mission field of this parking lot and into their lives, that change would happen by your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.